nation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go beyond the bell. It's a stupid move to have one of the inmates help run the asylum. Was it the time for the street to end? Who knows? That's not my decision. If you come out of retirement tonight, you've got Kevin Nash and a shot at the WCW World Heavyweight title. The last thing we expected was for Hogan to wrestle here tonight against... Kevin Nash, but why not? What was that about? What? What's going on here? What? What? What just happened here? It is unbelievable. The new world heavyweight champion, Hollywood. I am a real American. Fight for what's right, fight for your life! When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside If you hurt my friends, then you hurt my pride I gotta take a stand, no I can't let it slide Tick-tock, tick-tock, it's time once again to turn back the clock to rewind and relive all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is Beyond the Bell via the powerful, powerful SNS radio network. If you're not listening, you're not trying. Old school wrestling fans, I'm Sean Beckerman, podcaster, ring announcer, broadcaster, and fan of professional wrestling, and I'm proud to bring to you the nostalgia old-school classic podcast known as Beyond the Bell. This week, we continue on with the Hulkamania Chronicles. This series has been so popular with you wrestling fans, and we're coming towards the end of the journey as we took a trip back in time to relive the career of one of the greatest stars to ever step inside the squared circle, the immortal Hulk Hogan. From his early days to the triumphant debut of Hulkamania to the downfall of the steroid controversy to turning over a new leaf in world championship wrestling and then becoming a heel, a mainstream heel for the first time in his career and joining the NWO to now where the downfall of WCW takes place and for the very first time in Hulk Hogan's career he was questioning his future in professional wrestling. Get ready fans and buckle up because the downfall of WCW is discussed in this week's Hulkamania Chronicles. It's go time fans! Eric uh, has good instincts. Eric. Bischoff, if he would have stayed on track, would still be in business today. He just had a bunch of different people. He was a victim of his own success. He uh, basically got unfocused and started listening to a lot of the wrestling talent and got off track. Vince Russo. Mm -hmm. You were right about Vince Russo, weren't you? Vince Russo had some big success, late 90s. In your book, you talked, though, that uh, you're not a big fan of Vince Russo, are you? No, not really. I don't know if I ever said he had any big successes because I don't know of any that he had. I know he was a writer for the WWF, right. and all of a sudden he became closer to Vince than just a writer and became part of a whole regime of writers that helped the direction of the company with the attitude. 
Vince Russo came to the WCW, sold him a bill of goods that he was responsible for the whole WWF. He took responsibility. I knew right then that Vince is the guy responsible. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, yes. And uh, when he came to the WCW, basically he, uh, you know, was part of the demise, in my opinion, of what happened with that company. And what did happen? What, uh, what caused it to come unglued? Because as you say, it was a great payday, it was great success. And in fact, when Eric Bischoff did this show, he said to us, he said, you know, I'll come back and do the show anytime you want if we ever lose one ratings w week to, uh, to Raw. And of course, we know what happened subsequently. So take us back inside and, and tell us kind of what went wrong. Well, you know, the first thing that, that went wrong is, is they were competing against a company called the WWF that didn't punch a clock. The WWF, the McMahons, live this business. This wrestling company is their personal family. You know, this is their life. 24 hours a day, it's in their blood. On the other hand, the WCW, if I would call it five minutes after five, I couldn't get anybody in the company. They were already punched out and on the way home. If I called Vince McMahon at four o'clock in the morning, he'll talk wrestling with me. That's the difference in the companies. Then the smaller things that happened was Eric got too full of himself and Eric repeated to me, Vince will be out of business, Vince McMahon will be out of business next week. I said, please don't say that. You know, that, that's never going to happen. Vince McMahon's not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, it was a situation once we were on top and we had Vince McMahon down, instead of letting him up, they should have kicked him and kept him down. That didn't happen. Eric uh, basically had a lot of people around him that didn't live this business 24 hours a day, and that was the beginning of the What demise. happened with Goldberg? I mean, you helped to make the guy a star, and the guy was a star, but, but he's basically gone now. He's not in the WWE. What went wrong with Goldberg? Well, Goldberg's career is alive and well, and he's making major money right now wrestling in Japan. Um, nothing really went wrong with Goldberg other than uh, he started out in the wrestling school. You know, he got noticed very fast, and he was given a very big push. And uh, he basically didn't go through the many, many years of paying the dues that most wrestlers have. And he took advantage of the situation in WCW. You know, there were guaranteed money, guaranteed contracts. And when you get injured, instead of getting back as quick as you could, most guys would stay out as long as they could because there's guaranteed money. Um, Bill did what he had to do to make it work in the WCW. He never had any other experiences other than that. Could Vince make him a star in WWE now? Yes, he could. Would you make that move if you were Vince? Would I? Of if he course was I would. Of course I would. Um, that would be huge to bring Goldberg into the WWE and give him what I call Titan training, which is what the company used to be called Titan Sports. I don't know if it still is or not, but that that would make Bill a huge star. I just don't know if Bill wants to put that much time in and Bill wants to be on the road because it's a huge commitment. As big as Hulkamania, I could only think of one thing, NWO. Walk us through the evolution of NWO. How did that come to be? Well, it came about when they brought... Uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall from the WWF down to the WCW. They were looking for a third partner. I was filming a movie uh, called Santa with Muscles uh, in California. I called Eric and I said, brother, you know, what about me as the partner? We threw it back and forth, you know, we talked with Ted Turner and said, the only thing that hasn't been done in this wrestling business is turn Hulk Hogan into a bad guy now that I'm so popular. And when we did, it was a momentum shifting move. It made people go, what's going on there? I'm going to stay there. When I came out and said, hey, you know, training, prayers, and vitamins, one thing, I did it for the money. It shocked the wrestling world, and it just really gave that NWO the shot in the arm with Nash and Hall defecting. That was huge news. And when Hulk Hogan teamed up with them, it was the icing on the cake. And that NWO thing could still be running if it was handled correctly. Well, what, what was wrong? What, why was it not? Well, it got watered down in the WCW. It got watered down in the WCW, and then it kind of fell apart. It was resurrected in the WWE this last year. And there were a couple of problems. You know, number one, Vince had a problem with people cheering me. And that doesn't have to be a problem because they're going to start cheering Nash and Hall, even though we're the bad guys. All the good guys like The Rock and Stone Cold have to be able to handle that. Sometimes that gets out of perspective. They can't handle it. On the other hand, you know, there were some other personal things with Scott Hall and where he was going with his life that Vince wasn't real secure with. So he decided to disband it and go with the Hulkamania theme. You talked honestly in the book about how you treat your body well. Did he party in a way? Did he party it away? Yeah. I don't think he's partied it away, but I think... He had he, greatness right there for him. I mean, the, the guy's a huge talent. Yeah, well, some guys don't really care about greatness. Some guys care about just getting a little money in the bank, and I'm not saying it's him, but some guys care about a little money in the bank and a couple main events, and then that's good enough for them. Then they can drop their guard. I could never drop my guard like that. I'm too worried about staying on top and not being caught and not nobody taking my spot. And you know, everybody has a different level they want to reach in life, and my goals were different than Scott's. Not that he's doing anything wrong. If he wants to sit home and 
and raise his kids, that's great. If he wants to sit home and raise his kids and then go nuts at night, that's his own business. In early 1999, Hogan left WCW temporarily to recover from injuries. During this time, he appeared on Suddenly Susan. Under the Hollywood Hogan guys, he taped an episode entitled In This Corner, Susan Keen, which was broadcast on May 3rd of 1999. He made his return, surprising many, on July 12th in Jacksonville, Florida. Hogan walked out after WCW World Champion Macho Man Randy Savage made an open challenge to anyone in the organization early in Nitro's broadcast. The match was accepted and scheduled for the main event. Hollywood was back and ready to return to the gold, finally returning around his waist. The women of Savage's crew were at ringside and later removed by the referee. Sid Vicious ran out, but wasn't a factor. Kevin Nash's interference was. He delivered a jackknife powerbomb, and Hogan scored the pin for his sixth WCW World title. Immediately, Nash challenged Hogan for a title shot. On August 2nd, Hogan appeared for an interview with Gene Okerlund. Despite a physical appearance change, Hollywood remained, but some were wondering if another major alteration was about to occur. A week later in Nampa, Hogan completed his transformation. After being attacked by Nash, Sid Vicious, and Rick Steiner, and a six-man tag team match was set for the main event. Hogan went to the ring dressed in his famous yellow and red. It was back. Hulkamania has returned. Hulk Hogan was back, and Hollywood was dead. Hogan teamed with Goldberg and Sting to beat Nash, Vicious, and Steiner. Sting forced Nash to submit, and a new stipulation for Road Wild was set. If Nash lost, his career in wrestling would be over. Of course, the main event for the Sturgis event was Hogan vs. Nash for the WCW World title. The fans were eager for the return to the good side, and Hogan was instantly as popular as ever by WCW standards, or as far as we knew at the time. After the sacrifice in Sacramento, brother, I realized how far we've taken this thing, brother. As I was in that slow, rolling coffin on the way to the emergency room, as I waited for each bated breath coming out of Jimmy Hart's body that I thought might be his last, I glazed down into his eyes, Ric Flair. Yes, Jimmy Hart was muttering, was stammering, trying to get the words out. I finally understood one word coming out of his mouth. Ric Flair, the steel cage wasn't the answer, brother, to our problems. The thousands of Hulkamaniacs that I had to strap back to keep off your back, Jack, wasn't the answer to the problems. But when I heard Jimmy Hart on the way to the emergency room in that slow rolling coffin muttered the words, Yappa Five, brother, I knew the answer to the problem, Ric Flair. The Yappa Pie Indian strap match, Jack. That's what Jimmy Hart was calling for, brother. And now that I know with the powers to be watching my back, I can box you in contractually. I can corner you in, brother. And if we are bonded together with the leather man, if we are bonded together with no one in our way, as I strap that flesh, as your flesh bubbles and burns over your whole body, you will understand, my man, what the Yappa Pie mean by the Indian strap match flare. I'm calling your bluff, man. I'm the greatest wrestler of all times. And when I strap my wrist to yours, brother, the transformation as my eyes roll in the back of my head, as the smoke comes out of my nose, the leather will be your last lifeline to the professional wrestling world, brother. I will beat you within an inch of your life. And in the Yappa Pie Indian strap Matrix Flair, I will prove that you will bow down to me for an eternity, brother. On August 14th in South Dakota, Hogan survived a jackknife powerbomb to land his big boot and leg drop for the victory. Nash was forced into retirement. Hogan lost the WCW World title to Sting on September 12th at Fall Brawl. A number of wrestlers played a part in the contest, but in the end, Sting won by submission. At Halloween Havoc on October 24th, he laid down for Sting to pin him in Las Vegas. 
Later, Sting was defeated by Bill Goldberg and was stripped of the world title for attacking a referee. Then in early of 2000, Hogan was spotlighted by entertainment television's True Hollywood Story. Things changed for the worst. On February 14th of 2000, in New York, when Lex Luger attacked him during his match with Ric Flair, Luger used a baseball bat and broke Hogan's left arm. You know something, Lex Luger? I've already called ahead, brother. I've already made all the arrangements for you and Liz to be laid side by side in the Bay Area for an eternity, brother. I told Jimmy Hart it had to be done. I told Jimmy Hart I'm the man to do it. And I told Jimmy Hart, yes, I would go one step beyond just to get even for payback, brother. That was real cute in the Nassau Coliseum, the way you laid me out with this steel chair, the way you broke my arm, the way the whole arena heard the snap, the crackle, and the pop. That was real cute, my sugar. But now, what goes around comes around, brother. So when I go to the Bay Area, the San Francisco Cow Palace, with a broken arm in tow, I'm going to make sure that I get even. My sugar... Once upon a time, brother, I was a very bad man, dude. They used to call me Hollywood Hogan, the baddest man in the land. And I used to hang around with a real bunch of bad guys, brother. Not the NWO that you see today, those brother. The guys I hung around with were mean. They were ruthless, and I was the leader of that pack. I had the biggest mean streak of all. That's why they called me the bad man, Hollywood Hogan. And when I get to the Cow Palace, brother, Hulk Hogan's going to beat you up real bad. I'm going to out-rustle you, I'm going to embarrass you, and I'm going to put you in your place, brother. But then when you're down on your knees and you're saying, please, Hulk, don't hurt me anymore, I'm going to look to my maniacs, brother. And when I look to my maniacs, I'm going to ask them, do you want to see the transformation? And as my eyes roll in my head, and as the smoke comes out of my nose, I shall transform from Hulk to Hollywood. Then, Luger, you pay the price. I'm going to rip you limb from limb. And as I sucker Elizabeth into the ring, you'll hear Elizabeth's body snap crackle and pop as I break her in half. And as you shake in fear, then I'll turn to you, Flexi Lexi. And as I take your spindly little neck, your skinny little arm, and your flamingo legs, and break them into pieces, you'll realize how bad of a man Hollywood Hulk Hogan really is. Because when I come to the Cow Palace, I'm coming to go one step beyond in the Bay Area. I'm coming for paybacks, brother. And what you're gonna do when Hollywood and Hulk Hogan destroy you? He did beat Flair by disqualification, though. Several blasts to his arm did the trick. On the 20th of that month, he returned to beat Luger in a grudge match in San Francisco. Hogan wore a cast to protect his injury. Fans respected the fact that he was wrestling with the pain. On March 19th in Miami, Hogan pinned Ric Flair. He also made his return to the ring as Hollywood Hogan. During this time, Hogan was mixed back and forth to the Hulkster Hulkamania, red and yellow, back to Hollywood. Hogan was lacking direction, lacking a purpose in professional wrestling. Hogan found himself in unfamiliar territory. Hogan was looking for his place in the world of professional wrestling, looking for his spot in an ever-changing WCW. Then in April, the WCW landscape changed forever. Eric Bischoff teamed with Vince Russo to form The New Blood a group of younger stars with aspirations to make the big time. The duo criticized the older, more experienced athletes and labeled a select group of which Hogan was a part of. They were known as the Millionaire's Club. The Millionaire's Club was not only Hogan, but Flair, Page, Vicious, Nash, Sting, and Luger. The night that began it all was on April 10th at the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. Hogan watched as Bischoff and Russo reclaimed all of the championship gold in the ring and took a verbal bashing along with the others. Hogan 
angry at the turn of events, began to search for Bischoff through the halls of the new arena. Hogan wanted a piece of his former NWO mate. He finally found him as Billy Kidman had gone to the ring and expressed a certain hatred towards Hogan. During this time, Vince Russo was put in charge as the leader of World Championship Wrestling, the creative genius, quote-unquote, behind the success of the WWF during the Attitude Era during the late 90s, jumped ship and was now a part of World Championship Wrestling. This meant a change for the Hulkster, a permanent change as things change so constantly in WCW and Hogan blasted off into a feud with Billy Kidman. The former Cruiserweight champion called Hogan out and the Hulkster was quick to respond. Turn it up again. Sting and Sid say, uh, this time you're doing the end around on me. Well, you know better than that, man. I learned from you. I learned from the best. Don't believe what these guys are telling me. You know the deal. You know, this is an ongoing saga. I mean, somewhere this has to stop. You need to straighten this out now that you're back. Settle down, brother. Settle down. Come on inside. This is for you and me. This isn't for everybody else. Come on inside. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Boy, what is Eric Bischoff up to? just been handed a get-out-of-jail-free card because for years me and the rest of the new blood have been held down by the egomaniacs trying to hold on to their faded careers I've been used and abused and told to keep my mouth shut well tonight is my night and the one man I want to address is the biggest egomaniac of them all, Hulk Hogan. I think I know where he's going with this, Tony. That's right, Hulk. For weeks, you've been bad-mouthing me. You've been saying, you've been talking about my size. And yeah, Hulk, I may not have a body that you have. But I have two things, Hulk, that you can't take away from me and two things that you will never have. And that's heart and talent. Whoa! And Hulk Hogan, oh my God. we all know the only way to get that grotesque orange tan that you have is to be in the spotlight for way too long. Checkmate. And you say that Billy Kidman can't draw flies. Well, maybe you're right. But who would know better about drawing flies than a pile of sh- Good night. Well, I hope Hogan doesn't hear this. I hope he does. That leaves only one thing that I've waited a long time to do. I'm calling your ass out. Come on, Hulk. There he is. Come on, bring the red and yellow, hero. Come on, Hulk. It's time to see if your balls are as big as your bald spot. Oh, my God. He didn't get the memo. Come on, Hulk. And there goes Hulk. You talk about me when I'm not around. Well, here I am. He's calling him out. This one coming months ago. Where are you, Hulk? Are you scared? You say I'm not a threat, but you won't come and face me in the ring. He the won- hero is scared. Hulk Hogan's gonna answer this call out. 
American independent shows had Kidman had seen and heard enough. He called out the icon. It was a very sore point for Billy Kidman. He talked about the Jesse Room area for weeks. It really brought his, his attitude, and many people thought it, it brought his work rate even down. His reaction to this. So now Kidman. sitting in the back and this isn't the first night I've listened to your crap I've been watching you the last couple months I've been hearing you crying when am I gonna get the break when am I gonna get the push well you're the kind of punk that gives the young guys in this business a bad name Kidman hey you got something to say is that so you had a good run Hope but your run is over been building up inside Billy Kidman. Well, you know something, Kidman? If you were in my league, if you were in the same game as me, you might understand what this business is all about. But you're so damn pee-whipped and in love with that girl you... Immediately after arriving on the scene, he was attacked by the high flyer with punches and kicks. A match between the two was immediately set and Hogan dominated the contest with his size and strength. There was no way a Kidman was going to push the 24-inch pythons. No way a Kidman type was going to push around the Hulkster. Bischoff ran out and interjected a measure of cruelty, costing Hogan the match. Kidman had pinned Hulk Hogan. Bischoff counted the pinfall as well. The win for Kidman seemed unofficial, but Hogan's being laid out and busted open seemed real enough for a rematch to be scheduled for WCW Slamboree. After the pinfall, Hogan began searching for Kidman. He got into a limousine only to have it smashed by a Humvee three times. The Hummer storyline continued in WCW. Bischoff hopped out of the driver's side as Kidman leaped from the passenger side. The culprits were not scared of being known. They cherished the fact Hogan was carried away on a stretcher as NB for New Blood was painted on his shirt in red by Kidman, a la the old NWO spray painting that took place years prior. At the same, at the same time, I think um, when, when Hulk Hogan and Billy Kidman worked that thing, I think they both ended up coming out, coming out, coming out the worst for, for, for it when it was over. Well, you're right, Dave, and, and you have to be smart enough to use judgment because sometimes either because the story dictates it or or because it, you know the, the chemistry just isn't there instead of a of a Diamond Dallas Page elevating to a certain degree to to Randy Savage's level in terms of perception because that's what this is all about instead of Billy Kidman going up a notch Hulk Hogan came down a notch and that's not a knock on Billy that was more probably a knock on the storyline and the planning in, in in their creativity that went into the process. It was a bad matchup, I think, because the size difference and then Billy Kidman was playing the heel. And it, it you know, like so so it's really hard for Billy Kidman to get a lot of heat so people would have sympathy for Hulk Hogan. You know, with when they had that big size difference and also that big disparity in star power. I mean nobody believed Billy Kidman was ever going to beat Hulk Hogan. And you I mean, even when he did and even when he did nobody believed it. The audience has to believe it could be true. It could happen. It could be possible. Doesn't mean that it is true and it is possible, but at least could be. There's got to be a reality factor here. And you're absolutely right. I mean the, the characters were cast in the wrong roles, you know, and in retrospect that's pretty obvious. But at the core of it, even even beyond you know being cast in the wrong roles, it just wasn't believable. Nobody is going to believe you know a guy. And this is not a knockout Billy because I love Billy Kidman. I think he's a great guy and I like working with him. 
But nobody's going to believe that a five foot seven or five foot eight or five foot nine inch guy that weighs 165, 175 pounds is going to be able to kick the hell out of a guy that's six foot six or six foot seven or however tall Hulk is and 260 pounds. I don't care if he is 45. Years. Around the same time, Vince Russo was haunting Ric Flair. Between Bischoff and Russo, they were haunting the men who dominated professional wrestling for the last 20 years. They were dealing with history and dominating it. On May 7th at Slambury in Kansas City, Hogan wrestled Kidman once again. Bischoff acted as special referee. Kidman pinned Hogan with some controversy, but afterwards Hulk got some revenge. He powerbombed Bischoff through a table. An uneventful match between the two, kind of mismatched. All of a sudden they propelled this mid-carter cruiserweight contender in Billy Kidman into a feud with the Babe Ruth of professional wrestling. Fans were shocked at the outcome. A rematch was asked for by both Hogan and his legion of supporters. Kidman was fast becoming one of the most hated men in WCW. The two wrestled again on June 11th in Baltimore. Hogan stated that if he lost, he would retire. He beat Kidman and continued his rise to the top. The cable station, A&E, which was famous for their biographical portrayals, debuted the story of Hulk Hogan during the early weeks of June of 2000. Since 1983, Hogan was a vital part of professional wrestling. On July 9th, it all seemed to come to an end. The bash at the beach card was held in Daytona Beach, the site of the New World Order's formation in 1996. The bash at the beach, like I mentioned in previous editions of the Hulkamania Chronicles, was the site for so many monumental moments in the history of Hulkamania. From his debut to WCW to defeating Ric Flair and becoming WCW World Champion for the first time, like we said to the formation of the NWO, to another historic moment in the career of Hulk Hogan, Bash at the Beach in 2000 came about. The 2000 version saw Hogan challenge Jeff Jarrett for the WCW World Heavyweight title. There was no wrestling, but Hogan won the WCW World title for the seventh time. Jarrett laid down for him in the middle of the ring, and Hogan covered him with his boot. You know something, Jeff Jarrett? You are the chosen one because I have chosen you to powerbomb your ass through this mat for my brother, Big Sexy. So come on down and get your ass kicked, Jarrett. Boy, you're like Babe Ruth. He's calling the shot, isn't he? He said, I've chosen you to powerbomb you right to the ring. Boy, Jarrett played a crafty game of his own. Now, is that Jeff Jarrett being confident, or is that Jeff Jarrett being scared out of his shorts knowing that he's going to step into the ring with Hollywood Hogan? Or is that Jeff Jarrett who knows something that Hollywood Hogan doesn't? That's good questions on both ends there. Whatever it is, scared, confident, it's a pretty darn good move to stay out, let Hogan have center stage, so to speak. Let Hogan get it all out, all this animosity. We go back, though, a few weeks ago, the power, the jackhammer that was by Goldberg on the back of Hogan through the table, wondering if Hogan could even come back. We have not seen Hogan since that time. We all knew, Scott, I knew, you knew, as much as you won't admit, Madden, you knew that Hogan would make it back here to Bash the Beach. No, no, I, I knew he'd never, ever miss a big pay-per-view payday. What's Jeff doing? Hang on a minute. What's Jeff doing? Is it Halloween Havoc all over again? Russo's coming. Russo, Russo, I think, told Jared to lie down. What's going on? Look at... Russo is holding the belt up like, do you want the belt? Pin the man. Jarrett's down. I don't know. And Hogan is as shocked as we are. What in the world? Jeff Jarrett. This can't be Jeff Jarrett, a man that grew up in this sport. Well, the, is there, what is going on? He just threw the little title into Hogan. Hogan. What the hell? Now, Russo. This is, I think we're deviating from the, from the norm here. Deviating from the script. I hesitate to say that, but what the hell is going on? I don't think Hogan had any idea what was going on. Yeah, Hogan. Ben, I don't. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know if Hulk Hogan. Hogan has asked for another microphone. I think he wants to talk again. So, fans, uh, we apologize. Uh, Russo. 
What a what a return. Is this your deal, Russo? Wow. That's why this company's in the damn shape it's in because of bullshit like this. God, this is real life. One, two, three. Oh. We've got a new world champion. I, I guess you do. Good God Almighty, are we gonna have some explaining to do tomorrow? Look at look at Hogan's face. Look at Hogan's Jeff Jarrett just turned his back on Hulk Hogan and walked out. Vince Russo is gone. Hulk Hogan is the world champion, and this sport has never seen anything like this. I don't think. Was this real? Was this staged? Was this all a plan? Was this a shoot? Everyone questioned the move. Hogan left the ring with the title, and Vince Russo took a hold of the microphone. He stated he stated that Hogan had won the memorial belt and that Jarrett would remain the WCW champion. Other, more painful words were spoken, and fans more than ever were confused. They wanted to know if it was a work or a shoot. When Hogan didn't return, they seemed to know. There was talk of a possible lawsuit, but no one was definite, and no one was sure of the future of Hulk Hogan. Hogan was in, he was out. Uh, it, was a, it was a real unique thing. The Bash at the Beach experience took place, which was a complete disaster on all parts. Uh, the whole company was in disarray and it was the system once again you can't point your finger at any one individual because leadership starts at the top and stops at the top and if there is no leadership there's no way you can't push a company forward you've got to lead by example Hogan, Jeff that match went on and uh, Hogan was presented the title and he walked away with the title Vince Russo gave a real touching, uh, heartfelt speech. You know, everybody really, really uh, was really off into it. And uh, he brought out another belt, brought the old belt out, Ric Flair wore with the big bend in the top of it, which was a, a tradition for me. And uh, Jeff came out, and we just went out in the middle of that ring, and for about 20, 25 minutes, we just wrestled. And it was uh, probably... Uh, Best night of my life, you know, and it was all because of Jeff, because um, Jeff is a true professional. I think if it was anyone else in that position that night, um, perhaps I never would have became champion, ever. Shortly after, World Championship Wrestling was purchased by the World Wrestling Federation and Vince McMahon. And for the first time, Hulk Hogan was without an organization Hulk Hogan was in limbo in no man's land in professional wrestling. With WCW sold to the WWF, where would Hogan lie? What would the future hold for the Hulkster? Could he go back to Vince McMahon? The company he left and bashed in World Championship Wrestling? Would he go to the independent scene for the very first time in his career? Professional wrestling was undergoing a dramatic change. The world of sports entertainment would forever be changed with World Championship Wrestling being purchased by the World Wrestling Federation. One top promotion now survives, which leaves jobs very limited in professional wrestling. A year later, and about three months after WCW was sold to the World Wrestling Federation and Vince McMahon, there was talk of Hogan beginning his own wrestling promotion in Florida. Many people were excited about the idea. Hogan needed to return. He helped build what was being seen today, and many were not going to be happy until he received the respect he deserved. And would there be a spot for the Babe Ruth of wrestling in the WWF? Would Hulk Hogan come back to Vince McMahon? All those questions will be answered on the next edition of the Hulkamania Chronicles. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling fans, it's time to thank our sponsors of the Beyond the Bell podcast. 
the SNS Radio Network provides daily audio programming that covers professional wrestling and sports entertainment. If you're not listening, you're not trying. Squared Circle Media is proud to make episodes of Beyond the Bell and other pro wrestling audio content available to wrestling fans around the world. You can find all content from Squared Circle Media at www.squaredcirclemedia.net. Ringannouncing.com is the official website of ring announcer Sean Beckerman. This is where you will find video, audio, and the latest schedule for the future of ring announcing. All videos are streamed at the YouTube channel, also labeled Ring Announcing. Stitcher works to provide an innovative platform for listening to audio content on the go. You can download the Stitcher app on all smartphones via the Android Market and the iTunes App Store. Stitcher, now streaming innovative audio. If you are interested in advertising on Beyond the Bell, email us at btbwrestling at gmail.com and in the title type, Advertising. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution. It's go time! Retro wrestling fans, that will wrap things up for another edition of the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Show that takes you back in time to rewind and relive all things historic, classic, and monumental in the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment beyond the bell via the powerful SNS radio network. I'm your host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman. Remember, coming up, we have some great additional classic theme programming for you. Don't forget WCW 101, the history of world championship wrestling. We look back at Bill Watts rotting in to the sunset before rotting off into the sunset in WCW. And then the Eric Bischoff era begins and WCW, where the big boys play, becomes the new motto for the organization. That's coming up in the future editions of WCW 101. Let's not forget about the Horseman Chronicles as we open up our timelines to 1987 and the special year that 87 was in the Horsemen as we saw a big transition in the group as Ole Anderson made his way out of this famous faction. The WCCW Milestone Series continues as we open up the year 1984 and the milestones that took place for World Class Championship Wrestling. Some highs and some lows for the tremendous promotion. And in our specialty series, we look back at the greatest announcers of professional wrestling from the booth this two-part series will look back at the play-by-play commentators and the color analysts of professional wrestling the greats that we all have loved to hear call our legendary matches so stay tuned for that fans and we have another specialty themed show entitled la familia the families of professional wrestling so that's all coming up in future editions of beyond the bell remember like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at Sean Beckerman, and download all the archive shows which are found now on the brand new released ringannouncing.com. That is the official home for myself, ring announcer Sean Beckerman. All shows are archived at ringannouncing.com as well as snsradionetwork.com. And you can also listen to it on your smartphones via the Stitcher app. And We're also found on iTunes, which you can download instantly each and every week. Stay tuned. We'll have some more exciting, exclusive news on Beyond the Bell being offered via different avenues in the coming future. We're trying to make Beyond the Bell as easily accessible as possible. And I'd like to thank you fans, each and every one of you, for the support that you've been giving me. I've been getting emails by the droves, tremendous amount of messages from you fans with great comments, suggestions for future shows. Keep them coming, fans. I definitely suggest hearing more from you guys as I want to know what the pulse of the people power. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it. I want to get the pulse of the people to get a better idea of what you guys like to hear going forward. This is a show for you fans out there. It's designed for you fans to relive all things classic and wrestling. This is, we look back in a non-rewritable history. We know some organizations may possibly like to rewrite history or they like to make it fit for storyline purposes, but we pride ourselves here beyond the belt to give you classic and true retrospective content on our greatest moments, themes, superstars in professional wrestling history. Thank you fans for your support. Once again, over 50 shows 
and counting, and I would not have been able to continue this long without the support of you fans. It's very hard to start a podcast and have it carry on with with the amount of power and the amount of, of support that I've received from you fans. And I thank, of course, the SNS Radio Network for giving us that avenue to have Beyond the Bell be exposed to the masses and the true fans of professional professional wrestling, the IWC, and the fans that day in and day out love the sport, the entertainment, the spectacle of professional wrestling sports entertainment. Thank you, fans, from the bottom of my heart. So, fans, that will wrap things up for another edition of the Hulkamania Chronicles. Our next Hulkamania Chronicles edition that will be in the coming weeks, we'll look back at Hulkamania returning to the World Wrestling Federation and mending the friendship with Vince McMahon and the stories that came about with Hulk Hogan rejoining the WWF and the NWO arriving in the World Wrestling Federation. So, so stay tuned for that, fans. It's a great. I, I'm looking forward to this part of the Chronicle series as we really go in depth on the second WWF run for Hulk Hogan. Remember to listen to this week in wrestling history each and every week on Unplugged with JJ Sexay and Charles Shane. We're also having the archived this week in wrestling segments on the YouTube channel for myself, bringannouncing.com, as well as I'll have, I'm constantly updating new videos. I'm announcing some of the legends and superstars in professional wrestling. I've been updating it either two or three times a week of new videos of me announcing some of our favorite legends and superstars on independent shows, and that's at the YouTube channel under the username Ring Announcing, and also it's found under ringannouncing.com, so check out that as well. Plus, on ringannouncing.com, you can see the future shows that I'll be announcing in, uh, featuring stars like Kevin Nash, uh, Jerry Lynn, the Blue Meanie, you name it, Just Incredible, Aldo Montoya, possibly, um, featuring for the NWA, FTW Wrestling, of course, CZW information you can also find, too, uh, some great organizations that I've been able to be a part of and uh, work with, and I would love to share that with you wrestling fans. So thank you once again for joining us for another edition of the Old School Nostalgic Show entitled Beyond the Bell. We'll wrap things up with our Old School Theme of the Week. We'll go back to the Hulk Rules CD by the Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. I can't even get out without laughing. I love you, Hulkster. You're one of my favorites, of course. I'm, I'm a true Hulkamaniac. Uh, I bought the album, I'll admit it, but this is another ditty from the Hulk Rules CD. I want to be a Hulkamaniac. This week on Beyond the Bell, we'll see you once again as we rewind and relive all things classic and nostalgia and wrestling. Wrestling fans, I'll see you at the matches. Sean.
Thank you very much, Tony Schiavone, Hulk Hogan, Jimmy Hart. It was just categorized by no less an authority than Ric Flair himself as the rivalry in all of professional wrestling. The latest chapter unfolds here at Uncensored, the strap match with you and Flair. We know something, Mike, today. Nobody in South Florida gives a damn about what Ric Flair has to say, brother. When Jimmy Hart and myself came through Miami International today, when we got off Hollywood Skies Learjet, everybody from the tarmac all the way into the good-looking women in the reception office, they wanted to know if Hulk Hogan, brother, had the strap with him. They wanted to know if Hulk Hogan was ready to hook up with 12 feet of leather and take the strap and beat Ric Flair within an inch from his life. Well, you know something, Mike, today? I heard what Ric Flair said about owning North Carolina. Well, big deal. You can have North Carolina until I decide to come take it away from you. But you're way south of the border, brother. And as far as I'm concerned, you're way over the line, man. When you went around helping Lex Luger snap, crackle, and pop everybody's arm around the WCW, that was one strike. And when you held Hulk Hogan down and strapped me with my own belt, that was strike two, brother. But when I saw you take Jimmy Hart, the main brother, and strap him relentlessly, over and over and over, Ric Flair. That's where I made my mind up. That in South Florida, Miami Beach, I will go through the transformation from Hulk to Hollywood, brother. And as I strap you with the strapation over and over again, and when I take belt number two off, and I start strapping you into the ozone, I'm going to make sure that the transformation from Hulk to Hollywood is done all the way, because I'm a real bad man, and I'm going to hurt you real bad, Ric Flair. Hulk Hogan promises that transformation at Uncensored 2000. You stay out of my way, too. It's just moments away. Hey, fans. Ring announcer Sean Beckerman here. Want to go back in time and relive the greatest and worst in the world of sports entertainment? From all-time favorite matches to the worst gimmicks in pro wrestling, we cover it all. So join us each and every week on the SNS Radio Network as we go beyond the bell.